living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. Hello, everybody. Live from the luxurious South Beach of Miami, it's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, who's still in L.A. with a bum foot. Hey, what's the update on your what's what's the update on your injury reserve? I have a lot of people asking me about you here in Miami. Well, I'm on the IR for another week or two, and then I'll go from there to a, a splint or a brace. <laughs> Working it out slowly but surely. It's have you started the throwing program? Are you throwing from, not from 30 feet yet? No, I'm just on the dumbbells right now. I'm, I'm just on the dumbbells, getting a light workout in, trying to keep trying to keep the belly off. Yeah, and, you, and also that helps you heal just the circulation. Um, mm-hmm. But since we last spoke to you guys, the world has changed. Uh, and like everybody else, on Sunday, we woke up in Los Angeles to a very foggy day after a week of sunshine to receive the horrible news that nine people had been killed in a helicopter crash, uh, two of which were very well-known. Uh, Lakers legend Kobe Bryant passed away. Everybody knows it. And, uh, it, you know, we're just going to spend a little time here because we're, we're remote, but uh, we'll spend more time on the next pod. But we had some fond memories ourselves of Kobe Bryant, and it seemed like yesterday that we opened up for him on a speech, and a lot of the, the Ozone listeners knew that we weren't the biggest Kobe Bryant, the player fans. And uh, there's a wonderful picture of us on my Instagram where we both have to eat crow because Terry was particularly not a big fan of Mr. Bryant on the court of the Mamba, and yet uh, when we met him, he actually was super cool. Super cool when we met the guy. Very, very cool. I mean, he's a really nice guy. You like to see a guy turn the corner. It's, it's, this is actually a book that we're writing in life, and he was actually turning the page and going into a new chapter of life. And, you know, it's about redemption and him changing his life around and changing his attitude, being more of a family man and a public figurehead and not just being about the Mambo mentality that everybody's pushing, but he was more about just doing what was right and helping people out, and you know, just spreading positivity. Which I think was a, a facet of the Mamba mentality, but it was the Mamba mentality in day-to-day as opposed to being a relentless, uh, tireless warrior where you dominate your opponent. Yeah, yeah. It, it was more about using that same drive to, to improve your own life and improve the life of others, like you said. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, Kobe Bryant and I are both the same age, and he like the last generation of kids that grew up playing basketball on concrete, the last generation of kids who grew up idolizing Michael Jordan. And it's something I haven't heard anybody really speak on, but Kobe Bryant was the only person out of my generation that was able to actually manifest wanting to be like Mike and make it happen. There was all these different players that came that couldn't hold it. There was Harold Miner, which they termed Baby Jordan, which just it ruined his career. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you had a, a gang of different players who were modeling the game after Mike, but nobody was able to mimic Michael Jordan and his success the way that Kobe Bryant did. And what it did there is it galvanized a group of people because we could all see it. Because if you were a little kid and you watched Michael Jordan, you practiced Mike Jordan's moves. You had Michael Jordan's videos were at the park. They weren't necessarily in the gym on the wood all the time. And nowadays, you can't even catch a basketball game at the park. You know, nobody plays at the park. Everybody plays right. inside. That's, which is crazy. And, 
which is crazy, which is crazy. And everybody's out there messing up their knees, right? And but that's the tricky part. He was that last beacon of that hard-nosed kind of basketball that you that I grew up on watching in the '80s with hard-nosed defensive teams like the Pistons, you know, uh, like the Celtics, like the Lakers. And he played that kind of basketball into the 2000s, sometimes to the detriment of the team because it was living in Los Angeles. It was notorious to hear stories about how hard he was on his teammates and about how, uh, you know, how he was. A lot of people talk about how he was. Yeah, just like Mike. He modeled his entire program after Mike. (laughs) The only difference is it seemed like you could, Mike was still having fun. Kobe's was just still a, a, a job. And uh, it was great just to just to stick with what you were talking about to see him after he got done playing basketball and the give back and him maturing as a man, making the sorts of decisions that he was making for the community. And now you're hearing about all of this stuff afterwards, things that he was doing in secret, little texts he's sending to people to encourage them and so on and so forth. All this great stuff mm-hmm. that he's doing, you know, it's man of faith. Uh, Man of faith. I mean, he was literally at church before the helicopter crashed. It's just um, really surreal. The whole the whole circumstance seemed really, really still seems surreal. And uh, they had an incredible tribute. I actually didn't get to see it. Did you get to see the tribute last night? Yeah, I saw it. It was it was long. It was overwhelming. You know, everybody was tears yeah. all over the place, and you know, it was, it was deep. It was deep. It seems like what people. You know, it's cathartic in the sense it's because it seems like it's what a lot of people need. And um, this is just an awakening for everybody to recognize our own mortality. And it's, it, it, that's exactly what it, I, I'm taking from it. And, you know, the other thing is, is you just can't. For me, it's really incredible to process how much someone who most people have never met, known, had a beer with, had such a heavy impact on their lives. Because there is a unity and a unification that has taken place around this tragedy that I can't remember. Right. I can't remember. I can't remember. Can you remember another person who passed away who galvanized Americans like this? Because they're really – the division that exists in the country is incredibly connected right now in this grief. Yeah, we're we're just in a different time, but Michael Jackson will be the closest because I remember people being at the hospital and in the streets and everything else. But that's the closest that I can remember. And, you know, and obviously, just like Kobe, I've been seeing a lot of defamation come out after the fact, um, not to condone or discourage or, you know, to you know to say anything about what he's done in the past or whatever. But like I said, life is actually we're writing our own story and he had turned the turned the page. And so everybody else should turn the page and try to celebrate life more so than running somebody down after they pass because it doesn't doesn't serve a purpose. And not only that, you know, we're all flawed. So when you want to poke uh, point fingers at people, then you have to recognize that you know that you are flawed as well. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. Everybody has to deal with that whatever way they want to because you feel wronged by someone or if you feel injustice, I always feel like people should speak out. But I've never seen yeah, somebody in, in this in this scenario uh, with this sort of impact because, like, with Michael Jackson, to me, this would have been the equivalent of Michael Jackson would have passed in 1990, 1995, like, you know, shortly after Thriller or something to that effect. This, Kobe Bryant was removed from his prime, but not removed from his prime to the point of 
where you people don't remember uh, Michael Jackson had a, the, so much other stuff going on, whether it was contrived or true, um, you know, that that changed things uh, as far as when he passed. But this situation is so near to so many people's hearts. And it's a it's also a beautiful lesson on how sports can inspire people because sport is, is supposed to be the great equalizer. And it's where people can overcome and test themselves. Really, really positive. But seemingly who it did not deter was Dane Lillard, who has put up some of he the silliest numbers over his past five or six games in NBA history. He's averaging, the last, what, five or six games, he's averaging 48.5 points a game. I mean, the dude is just, and what's awesome about it is that he is a six-footer. <laughs> you know, I do believe that he's like six foot, six feet, maybe six one. And he dominated. Really? I thought Dame was like 6'3". But no, way he, goes, he's he's, a, he is out there dominating. I can tell you that much. We don't talk about I mean, that. And he, but it is and he, very and he, and he had the, the model mentality, too, because he went out there and put, put, put it on LeBron and them. And I don't think that the Lakers were ready to play. I really yeah, don't. It, did, it didn't look like it. And from what I saw, the highlights that I saw, it, it still looked like it was too soon. I actually was astounded that they continued playing uh, after the, the day after of after the announcement, yeah, the day of, I thought they would they would cancel the whole slate. Yeah, I feel like the NBA dropped the ball when it came down when it came down to it because when I first heard about it, I was looking for the accident. I saw it online, but I was actually looking for some information on NBA.com who didn't catch up, who get, didn't get up to speed for at least an hour after after the tragedy, and then you know you, you couldn't find it on television, you couldn't find any information anywhere. I was just blown away by that in general. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Kind of wild. Uh, yeah, I'm sure as the information comes out, we'll have more on uh, the Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant and all of the other seven people who passed away in this tragedy's uh, information. We're going to move on now to some boxing. I'm down in Miami, and I went to the card on the zone. And I watched a fight that I've been anticipating for a while which was Golden Boy's Jojo Diaz versus Tevin Farmer. And I'm here to tell you, I was I had to eat pro because I've met Jojo a bunch of times. Jojo was the homie. I didn't think Jojo was going to be ready for what Tevin brought to the table, and I could not have been more wrong. I was ringside for the fight, and there was serious concern on, uh, at the arena as the fight continued that there was something wrong with Tevin Farmer. Because he didn't move like yeah. himself, he didn't. Yeah, they were talking about it on the yeah on the broadcast. They were talking about it because he was doing a thing. I don't know if you could see it if they showed it at the stadium, but he was looking up at the clock to see what time he was. He kept looking at the clock and then he kept blinking. You know, really he kept blinking? Yeah, and they and then he his, they said that he had a problem with his hand. So I don't know if he broke his hand or broke his wrist. It looked like he broke his but, hand. I watched the fight with Bernard Hopkins. It looked like he broke his hand at the end of the first round. After the end of the first round, he starts shaking out his hand. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he, B-Hop was like, oh, man, you can't show anybody that. That's like, even if, even if that is the case, you got to wear that. You got to wear that in a hard yeah. way. He's like, oh. <laughs> and yeah, he, he shook his hand. You go back and you re- that's it. And if you go back and watch it, he seemed to focus primarily on movement after that and, and, and not being hit as opposed to hitting JoJo. 
Yeah, it was all about defense and no offense. And not only that, that was it. Just, but but I don't understand what that had to do with his win because it seemed like he was short winded. It didn't seem like he. It just didn't seem like he it was there. Like he was short winded. one of the worst. Yeah, and it was one of his worst performances that we've seen in years because yeah. it just didn't look yeah. like he was up to code. It didn't look like he was a uh, an elite fighter or a champion. He did not fight. look like an elite fighter, and he's looked like an elite fighter for and JoJo did years <laughs> now. JoJo looked like an elite fighter, despite having with one of the nastier with, yeah. cuts you'll see in boxing. That was with that ribeye on his eye. He had that ribeye. Oh my goodness! He, he had a straight up volcano on his eye. I mean, that was and one of the worst cuts I've early. ever seen. Yeah, I mean, early. And Kevin Farmer didn't do anything to work on. I mean, he didn't do anything. Well, they, to work they on. said they said that he went afterwards. Lou DeBella said that he went afterwards and got a CT scan because they were trying to figure out why his head was ticking. They said he was having like involuntary muscle spasms and whatnot. So hmm, that would explain why okay. he was looking up at the yeah yeah he he didn't he wasn't right. Something wasn't right. No, he wasn't. Not taking anything away from JoJo because JoJo showed crazy heart and and, and, and he showed great boxing. A great skill set, man. That, he looked good. I mean, the jab was pretty really good. He was doing punches and punches. I mean, combinations were dead right. And Tevin Farmer put it in, and he was on Yeah, and then when they were inside, he was pounding his back. And he, he was also, he said something else that was great. He was like, uh, you know what? I'm, we're going to run it back with Tevin. I'm sure he wants to. I'm going to give him an opportunity to get his belt back, and then we'll see what else is in the future. So we'll see what happens. I know that that before this fight, Tevin Farmer was saying he was done at 130. This was going to be his last fight at 130. And it was time for him to move up. So I don't know if it was a weight cut thing that happened or, or what happened. But even when they spoke to him in the ring after the fight, it didn't even seem like, you know, it didn't even seem like it was a big deal. No. No, it didn't. I, it, it did look like something was wrong with him on the broadcast. It looked like something was wrong with him. It didn't look like he was there. Live, it looked like something was wrong with him as well. He didn't look right. He did not look right. What I can tell you is, though, from being at the fight live, not a love for the ozone. We want to thank all of you guys who listen, who tune in, who watch, because uh, when you catch us live, we're really excited. They're asking if we're doing a pod live from the place. Photo, my brother was on the injured reserve list, so there's only so much he can do. But um, yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. Good card um, in that, and in the the fight that that was on before them uh, with that cat Roman. There was, there was a lot of people. You know, your man, Peter Bird's gym, Sammy and Peter had a guy named Ammo Williams who's coming up, and Ammo knocked somebody out in the fourth round. Things are, you know, things are okay. looking up for them out west at Wildcard West, now uh, recently rebranded as Churchill Boxing. Okay. Well, yeah, I know yeah, that the Andrade fight was not up to I just really did not really care for that fight. That fight was not up to code. I had a hard time keeping my eyes open. It, it was a, that Andrade fight was a fight to me that shouldn't have taken place. The, Everybody the had a hard time with this fight. Yeah, that fight completely it, looked like, it looked like the YouTube guy should have fought him instead of uh, <laughs> instead of that fight. <laughs> it looks like you know mm-hmm. YouTube, the YouTube uh, the Jake Paul looked better than than Keeler did. Chris Paul would look better than that. I mean, it did look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. CP3. I mean, this is terrible. Well, it's also interesting because there, there was a great card on uh, that came on before the Tevin Farmer fight, which was this cat, uh, Murojan Akhmadaliev versus Daniel Roman. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? It was a split decision. No, I, I actually thought Roman won the fight, but uh, it, man, it was this was uh, it was a tight one. And to check out Tommy Roman, I had to go back and you got to watch. He became Uzbekistan's first unified champ. 
Oh, really? Good okay. fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just well, wait, a it, The little guys. He just became the first. Look at this. He just tied Leon Spinks' record for the fastest male boxer to become a unified champion. Wow. So it was great. Yeah, they're, they're little fellas. I want to say maybe featherweights. They're pretty small. Okay. Uh, but they went in there and chunked them. And uh, you know what? You know who I got to meet at the fight that was just fantastic was Clarissa Shields. Oh. Oh, you, you man. Nice. oh, man. She ran up on me. I said, well, what's up, champ? And she was through the roof. Uh, she, she was great. Uh, really, really great. Oh, that's awesome. Got to speak with her uh, about, you know, there's a lot of trolling going on back and forth between her and Layla Lee and Cecilia Breckis and all that. And uh, just had a lot of, uh, the, you know, words of media wisdom for her. And she's just such a bright star and positive she was really shining. Mm-hmm. She, she was exactly where she should be. She was getting praised in the public for her boxing ability. Really great. Really great. So it's going down out there, right? You get, you're going to all kinds of get up in events and whatnot. You haven't... Uh, are you crazy? I haven't seen this many faces in a very long time. Uh, the other day, yesterday, I stumbled into an event. I was going to dinner. I was going to a lunch with my friend. And when I walked into the joint, I bumped into David Beckham. And David Beckham was like, hey, what's up, mate? I love the other guy. Uh, yeah, he didn't say that. But he did treat me like a peer. We had a great conversation, a great time. And he thought my friends were in one room. And some of my friends were there. I go to that room. Everybody's there. Bill Belichick, uh, Robert Kraft, Shaquille O'Neal, A-Rod, Beast Mode, Meek Mill. And Donovan Carter from Ballers. <laughs> <It was laughs> he was in the house. house. Ah. So fly was in the house. It was a lot of love. It was a lot of love. And, uh, I mean, you name it, they're here. Tom Brady. Uh, I mean, last night I saw a concert with Post Malone, Mark Anthony. Uh, all sorts of people are here. It's really going down. And, and the vibe is up. Everybody is real positive, despite there was a deluge last night. Man, it it rained so hard. Oh, boy. It, it's not raining today. I heard it was supposed to be a, a serious downpour today, clearing up for the game tomorrow. No, it seems like it's pretty light today. It's it's raining, but it's light. Not like last night. Last night was like, there was a tornado watch, I do believe. There was a thunderstorm oh, wow. watch. It was incredible last night. But uh, hopefully it clears out and we get a clear game. Speaking of the game... Man, it's split right down the middle. Everybody you talk to is, is literally right down the middle when it comes to the Super Bowl. What do you got? I have the 49ers. I'm, I'd like to say, I don't like to be corny and go with defense wins championships. But from my but past <laughs> uh-huh, and watching the past and everything else, I've watched a bunch of high-flying offenses that gotten shut down by good defense. And they have the best defense in football, not New England Patriots. Maybe the Patriots are number one. On paper, but actuality, the San Francisco 49ers are the real deal. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback with their front four and then mix in a couple of blitzes. They can control the clock with the running game, which keeps Patrick Mahomes off of the field because they have a three-headed monster back there. And I, and, and I really feel like one of the biggest things that, that everybody, if they get into a shootout, people are asleep. Jimmy Garoppolo can throw the ball. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is not yeah. like a manager. Everybody keeps putting the manager yeah, tag they, on him. They, they, he's not do. a manager. Yeah, and he's an actual quarterback. He can run. He can throw the ball downfield. It's just he plays. He's a great team player, and he does what the team needs him to do 
depending on who they're playing against. So when he went out there against the Saints and needed to get in the shootout, he got in the shootout. When he needed to get into that tight room that they got into with the Ravens, he had a tight game. They lost, but it was a tight game. It came down to the last play. Okay. I mean, a field goal. So he's not just a game manager. So if they get in, the 49ers can actually shoot, go shoot it out with the, with the, the, um, with the, the Kansas City Chiefs. If they need to. And I don't think they're going to need, they need to. But no. I don't think they're going to need the, to. The issue also is we've watched Kansas City go through the playoffs and their two games getting slow starts. I don't think you can afford to get a slow start through uh, no. this, this first quarter, first half against the 49ers. One, because their defense take the ball away. If you get a slow start, you're probably going to pay. And also, I've watched this San Francisco team all year. If you get a slow start and you get down, they make it real hard on you to come back. Real hard on you. That defensive coordinator is is up to code. We already know that Shanahan knows how to run an offense as long as he doesn't stop giving the ball to Devontae Freeman. And uh, this this is – I'm pumped up. The game is coming up. It's it's very soon. (laughs) Chomping at the bit. I got to see. I still don't have a ticket. I got to oh, really? see somebody got to somebody got to clutch up and come through for a kid with a head. Lace him up. <laughs> somebody somebody got to lace me up. Hey. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but the way for the everybody is feeling like the way for the Chiefs is to high fly and throw it in the air, but they need to actually make some some noise on the ground. If they don't make any noise on the ground, they're not going to be able to beat them. You need to be able to run the ball. There's no way that you're going to beat the 49ers sitting back there and passing. It's not going to happen. You're going to have to pound the ball at least to establish. If you think that you're just going to come out there and pass the ball against them, it's not going to happen. And they played against Russell Wilson, what, two, three, two, two times this year. So they're not going to be blown away. Now, not comparing the Seahawks to the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs have elite talent, but – the scheme, the quarterback, the principal with between Mahomes and uh, Russell Wilson are are the same. I would, if you ask me who which one I would rather have, I probably would take Russell Wilson, honestly, with the same talent. You know, oh, yeah. but I but I honestly believe that the the um, the Forty Nineers are going to win this game. Well, we're about to find out. It's go time. It is go time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Also, got major action, man. Have you caught any of this Australian Open? I see. I have. There's been some upsets, and there's been oh, uh, uh, Muguruza. How do you pronounce it? Yeah, she came back. She came back, yeah. and I'm really happy for it because we were in London when she won uh, Wimbledon, and now she made it all the way back to the finals. She won the first set. It looked like she was on her way to win the Australian Open. Next thing you know, the young girl, Sophia Kennan, was not having it. So there's an American holding the crown. In uh, in Australia, and I couldn't be happier about it. Really happy about that. Believe that? That was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. There's been a lot of great matches. I mean, the uh, as expected, the Djokovic Federer match. You know, Novak is on the highest level right now, and yes. it's a trip because just it's just like watching like how Manny Pacquiao faded against Keith Thurman, Roger pulled the magician act, got away with it for two matches in a row that he should have lost that went five sets that he was able to pull out because he's probably the greatest tennis player of all time and just use KG veteran will, his willpower to get past those two dudes. Novak wasn't having it because he jumped out on Novak and Novak got into his groove and gave Roger the work. Straight standing, right? Straight standing. You don't see that a lot. And no, you sure the don't. surprise was, was Dominic team at number five, Taking out uh, uh, Rafael Nadal, that was the surprise, and that, that was, was a great match. 
And then and then team went and took care of uh, Alexander Severus, who was my sleeper cell to get to know that. He's but your sleeper cell. I think, I think it was personal. Yeah, I think man, just, well, that's the <laughs> and and uh, and it's going down bright and early, three thirty in the morning. Dominic Team versus Novak Djokovic for the Australian Open twenty twenty championship. Very very difficult to bet against Novak Djokovic in Australia. But the kid team the is ready. Don't sleep. Yeah. He's ready. Gonna be a good yeah, one. He's prepared. Yeah. So yeah, just want to give you a quick, uh, quick bite. Let you know that, that we're living it, we're enjoying it on the ozone. And uh, you know, as always, want to leave you with a quote. You know, guys, I tell you all the time, we're all in this thing together. We've had massive wake up calls this week. We really have to take care of each other. Uh, and I want to leave you with a quote about grief. And it's from Ernest Hemingway. It is, "We are all broken." That's how the light gets in. If you're broken by, by this week's events, uh, by anything that's going on in your life, recognize that there's a light at the end of that tunnel, and you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other, and you'll get there. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is an espresso shot of the Ozone. Ozone. I'm living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is 